What's up, everybody? I'm Josh So Focused. I'm French the Bro Host, and we would like to welcome you to the Knicks Take Podcast. The Knicks Take Podcast. The the, the Knicks Take. Uh, oh, no. Hold up. Let's do it now. Let's start that <laughs> shit. The Knicks Take oh, Podcast. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing, intriguing Knicks news of the week. And if you want to find us on our socials, check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. Then you can also go to Instagram where you'll find us at the Knicks Take. And leave it. And lastly, on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. Tripping over intriguing. Early start today. Fresh out of bed. This is my first time speaking. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. All right. Today's episode, we will be discussing Knicks Summer League 2021. And I guess we'll do a little quick overview on what Summer League is. Summer League is a off-season exhibition competition for new or young players organized by the NBA. NBA teams come together to try out different rosters rather than the regular season lineups, including rookie, sophomore, overseas, and G League players. In the Summer League, we have 10-minute quarters. The players are allowed to foul 10 times instead of the normal six. And it's a really great way for us to take a look at youth and or newer players. Yeah. Seeing them on the teams for the first time, getting to see them outside of the college format, seeing them playing an NBA environment. Playing against other similar talents. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Instead of playing against the guys who, like, are majored in biology and <laughs> trigonometry you ain't playing against guys that have happened to play basketball just as a hobby you're playing against right. guys who do this for a living and trying to take your spot on our nba roster right so so this year i think this is new i don't remember this in summer league before this year they, they have a different format all 30 nba teams participate in the las vegas summer league they had other summer leagues, but usually the Knicks participate in the Las Vegas summer league every year. The Utah they had league. they had a Utah summer league, they had a Sacramento summer league, but they had a Los Angeles classic or something like that. That where it was basically all of like the California teams playing against each other. I think they called it like the California classic. I'm I don't really remember, but it was a lot of a lot of. Uh, competitive environments leading up to the Las Vegas Summer League where other teams were able to take a look at their younger players. Yep. Each team in the Las Vegas Summer League plays a total of five games. Excuse me, four games. Well, 
this is this I'm gonna talk about it now. It's a little confusing because when it started off, each team team was gonna play four games for the week to determine seeding mm-hmm. for the championship game. But then the Washington Wizards messed it up for everybody and somebody got COVID. Due to COVID protocols, one of the games had that to be started canceled. off the week had to be canceled. So the Knicks ended up playing five games instead of four games. So each team was supposed to play a total of five games, but some of some of them it seems like are going to play six. The Knicks look like they're going to end up playing six games. Each team plays four games from August eighth to the fifteenth. Again, that might that's not necessarily true for all teams, including the Knicks. The top two teams from their first four games will play in the championship game. Seeding for the championship game will be determined by winning percentage with tiebreakers that are set, which I'm not going to get into tiebreakers because they're not going to apply to the Knicks. The 28 teams not playing in the championship game will play a fifth game or sixth game on either August 16th or the 17th. And, of course, I'm assuming that there will be a sixth game because there was not, there's still not really any clarity in regards to that. So for the Las Vegas Summer League, we're going to primarily focus on Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Luca Vildoza, Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, Rokas Yokobitis, Jericho Sims. We won't be discussing the creative players that the Knicks have throughout the rest of the Summer League roster. Some of these dudes look like they came straight out of 2K. Even Rokas kind of looks like he came straight out of 2K. Like I... I don't know. That's just been in my head as each time I watch these games, how some of these dudes look like the most generic creative players on the court. But I, I don't know, French, if you <laughs> if you noticed that at all. I'm not partaking in the jokes. <laughs> no, you wasn't of watching. Life right here. I ain't going to embarrass him. You, you wasn't watching some league. It was like, yo, don't don't it look like I'm playing 2K right now? <laughs> But uh, we're not going to talk about those guys because we we know none of them are going to actually make the roster. And, you know, they're just out there trying to sign somewhere. But they ain't signing with us. So yeah. they, and, uh, spoiler alert, they all look dirt. Yeah. So, so let's I get into gonna, the first game. Yeah. Let's, re, let's start the recap throughout the week. Okay. We're going to go back to the last game that we talked about last week. We glossed over it a little bit. We glossed over it a little bit, which is the game against the Raptors. So, as we as we talked about last week, quickly looked a little rusty, looked a little out of sorts. I was questioning whether it was due to him not being comfortable in the point guard role. I really liked how Miles McBride looked. Deuce, Deuce looked all right, you know, but he didn't seem like he was. He seemed like he was good enough to play on the roster to me. Mm-hmm. Obi Toppin, one of the best players on the court, in my opinion. I expected more dynamic play from Quentin Grimes, who was our 25th pick. Yeah, Didn't sorry. play particularly great. He sh- he made our first points and then disappeared for the rest of the game. Offensively, he was still Offensively. solid on defense, though. He he was okay. He was he was solid to okay. He was solid. Yeah, I like I like Miles's defense a lot better. Luca Vildoza seemed like he was still unsure of his role. Jericho Sims was the surprise of the night as the 58th pick. Showed a lot more skill than we were expecting coming into Summer League. Thought then he might be a guy who looked a little rough. And instead he looks... He doesn't look rough. He looks like he has skills. 
there is still some things that he. I feel like he needs to learn. But he and was he was solid. He didn't miss a shot. He that was game. solid. He did. Yeah, he didn't miss a shot. I think he went five for five or something like that. In that All game. in the paint. Yep. Looks so solid the, again. He had like a, a solid post up that he would do at least once a game. It seemed like throughout the summer league, he's right. a beast on the boards. Not a beast, yeah. but he's he's he just gets his job done. He looked like an NBA center out there. Yeah, he was. He looked like a rim runner. Shades of Mitchell Robinson, I I would say in, in game one. Yeah, Kenny Wu. I, I Yeah, um, I think that he was flying. I think that if Mitch and or Noel are hurt, Sims will probably get some playing time. Outside of that, though, yeah, he's. He, I don't think that he's shown enough to warrant getting minutes over anybody that we already have at the five spot and he can't be anything other than a five with the way that his skills are currently he's not going to be able to be a four definitely can't be a three Uh, obi Toppin finished this game 24 eight rebounds jericho sims finished 12 and eight rebounds Manuel quickly, like I said, he had a rough game, but he still was able to score 15 points, had eight assists, six rebounds, but he only went two for 11 from three. Now, when we discussed this last time, French, I don't know what you're doing over there. I hear you, though. Something to just address later on in the podcast. My bad. I'm listening, though. Go ahead. Yeah, so we said last time that I thought that quickly – I thought that, it, you know, I, I didn't really like how he looked as a point guard. I said that I thought that maybe he wasn't playing so good because of that, because he was playing a position or a role that he, you know, maybe he's not good for. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Miles McBride at that position a little bit more. Yep. So you disagreed. And then the next game happened. The next game happened. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and talk about the Pacers game. <laughs> the Pacers game. I was at work having to watch this game. Terrible. I couldn't even finish it through the second half. But I was able to see enough to help prove your your theory wrong that we needed to see Lesser Quick at the one. Because he went out and had a 32 McFuck you. <laughs> he was dropping buckets on the... Uh, like, bro. I'm the beginning of the game. I'm watching. I'm thinking like, oh man, of course, of course, is looking all right. That's who the Knicks really wanted to trade up for. So it's just looking like another one of those nights where it's like, damn, another. We got to watch the other guy on the other team light us up that we wish we had, we had. Well, not us, but the Knicks wanted him. So I'm thinking it's gonna go that way until quickly had him touching the ground. Like I'm, he snapped him. Had him touch the ground. Stepped back three. I'm like, oh my. God, quickly just came out had a had a coming out party. Toppin was out there bowling too. He wasn't efficient. But he had a, a nice little twenty two and nine rebounds. And I had to throw you a nice little sub on Twitter because of it. <laughs> that game had me hyped. I was so glad we picked up the paces because Washington had the COVID protocol and had their game canceled. Right, forced the paces to come play us instead. Got them off to a nice <laughs> low start, didn't we? Nice little L. Take them home. <laughs> Welcome to Summer League. So I responded to your little sub. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a sub. I tagged you. 
He did. <laughs> First of all, don't tag me using the Knicks take Twitter to tag me or on my personal. Tw- like, don't do that. Don't try and sub me from the. At least do it from your own account. Don't sub me from the Knicks take. Come on, bro. I'm forgetting which which account I'm on. <laughs> All right. Like if you want to like put both Nick's take it, all right, cool. But don't do it from that account, first of all. And second of all, I said, he's still not a point guard to me. This, this game didn't prove it to me. This game proved to me that he's a playmaker. He, he, it did two things, right? I said in the first game, like I would rather see McBride play the one. And this game did change my mind as far as Okay, I would rather see him. I like the way that I, I decided that I like the way that they have doled out the minutes that quickly does get that primary role. And the reason why is because we have to work on his playmaking, his creation. We have to work on his ability to not just get himself involved in the offense, but to be a threat to get others involved on the offense he's not going to be our primary playmaker at any point, you know, in the next couple of years. But it's important that he gets these minutes in the summer league so that he can be a tertiary creator. He can be a tertiary playmaker on the court when we have Randall, Kemba, Rose, you know, all of those guys – we can, we can have quickly be that guy to just kind of, oh, yeah, he could do that too. And it's not going to be our, you know, it's not going to be our preferred option, but quickly needs to have that ability if we're going to be a, a better team. So I switched my mind on that, but I don't think he's a point guard still. This game didn't prove that to me. Yeah, I saw a too. lot of, uh, yeah, he had an assist in the first game too, and I didn't feel like he was a point guard in the first game either. Right? Just because you have eight assists. Yeah, just because you have eight assists don't mean that you're a point guard. He left a lot on the table in both of those first two games. Yeah, and his teammates right. also missed a lot of his play. Could, he could have yes, had a lot a, more assists, too. That's a, that's don't a, leave that out. He ha- could have had a lot more assists because of who he was passing it to, but he also could have had a lot more assists because of who he didn't pass it to. Yeah, but he's he still did, he, learning, though. He's, still a, he, he's going to keep getting better with time, so... Absolutely, absolutely. Say, oh, and that's he why got I said, assists, but he missed out on some more, so he's not a playmaker. No, but he, this is what I'm going to say. The, a lot of the assists that he got in those first two games were the easy assist or the last second assist. It's not that he, you know how we watched a lot of Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper bends the offense and he knows where the guy is, and he's so he passes it, always passes it to that guy. In those first two games, I didn't really see quickly do anything like that. He bent the defense, and then he reacted to what the defense did. It's not that he did it intending for them to come in, and then he made the pass. It seemed a lot of times like he was holding on to the ball a little too long, realized that his that his teammate was there, and passed the ball. That's why some of those almost assists were almost assists because he took too long and the defense was able to rotate onto the guy he passed it to. If he makes that decision just a little bit quicker, then he gets those assists that he made. Experience. Even, even the ones where I'm like, where he's going up the court, he doesn't see his teammate until 
whatever, or he never sees the teammate. Sometimes he did that. He never sees the teammate. He passes it to the other side of the court. And what he could have had an open three in the corner, we now have to work the clock and get down to the last seconds of the clock to get a shot off. That happened way too often. So that's why I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if he has that vision as a point guard right now. Yeah, but but you- we agree. We agree ultimately that he has to work on it. Like we're not really disagreeing right now. I I think I think that he got eight assists because he was one of the best players on the court at all times. Yeah, and you want the ball to be in his hand rather than in someone exactly. else's hand. So, exactly. And a lot of the time, he's the reason why a play was set up a certain way to get the easy assist, to get the yep. pass off at even if it's at at the wrong time. He he did everything that he was supposed to do. It's just going to come with repetition and getting more experience on the court against guys who don't exp- who don't know what's coming, and maybe. With time, he's going to get all, like, because you got to think about it. He's not playing with all NBA players. He's playing with rookies. Wayne Seldon, who played in the NBA before, but he didn't, he ended up going overseas looking for a home still. And Obi right. Toppin. And him and Obi Toppin have been connecting a lot in the, in the pick and roll. Absolutely. And Obi's been, that's, that's, he's been missing a lot of shots that he should have been making too, which would have yeah, resulted that, that, in, like, a lot of 10 plus assist games for quick. So I'm not gonna yeah, but, I'm not gonna say I wouldn't rather him be the playmaking point guard, but he's leading the summer league in assists. That means right. something. Yeah, but just as you kind of brought up Obi Toppin, I didn't mention it, but the fact that he played with Obi Toppin is why part of the reason why he is leading the summer league in assists. When you have a guy like Obi Toppin on the court that you played all year with, they have the chemistry that a lot of these other guys don't have, and Obi Toppin is one of the more, most athletic guys on the court. And you can just, a lot, a lot of them alley-oops, that's the easy assist. So when you have, but that's a cheat code too. You know, you have the chemistry, you know what he likes to do already. And at any point in the game, you could just, you, you could just do that. And, and that's I'm going to lead this into the, I, I'm going I'm to lead this into the Lakers game because it, because they it just goes so well with that. You know, quickly had 32 and 8 that game like you said. Mm-hmm. Obi had 22 and 9. Uh, going into the Lakers game on Wednesday, that's how they opened up the game. They opened up the game with the with the two man I'm going to pass it to Obi or I'm going to or I'm going to do the floater or I'm going to shoot the three and because they have a whole season of working on working those two things and off season and training and all that the Lakers didn't, they couldn't do nothing about it at the beginning, in the beginning of the quarter. Like you, like quickly and Obi were looking showtime, like, oh, Lakers is here. All right, showtime. Like he did a no look pass to Obi for three and all, like they was looking crazy out there. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a cheat code. <laughs> like if it's you could do that, because it is because not the only point guard that played last year that's in the summer league and playing with another teammate that played last year in the summer league but ob they ob is a really good player and quickly like they both got drafted last year they both are really good they both were really good picks they put in that time i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna call it cheating if y'all put the time in no i'm i'm not saying that they're cheating (laughs) what i'm saying is that to be like, oh yeah, quickly he's a point guard because he got eight assists. Well, he, he's also playing with Obi Toppin, who's knocking down threes and and is a threat for alley oops at all the time. And 
Would I don't know any other two man sophomore group in the league that we could really say has that ability to do that. Everybody that I can think of, either one guy got drafted last year and the second best player got drafted this year, or last year, like one of them was dirt, or like it's not any other situation I could think of that's like what we have with Quickly and Obi. Obi wasn't so, an outstanding rookie last year. He was the average eleven points. He was he was at the end of the season. He 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 was one of the key players at the end of the season and in the playoffs, right? And even with that, they were doing this shit since before last season started. Like when we were coming into the season, quickly and Obi was doing that in practice. Like mm-hmm. we've been seeing it. So if anything, they have way like even though yeah, Obi didn't play on the court for more than 10 minutes for a lot of the season, I, you know that they got put all that work, more work in together than probably any other two-man team that's in this summer. Yeah, I'm not, that's I'm not what I mean. penalize quickly for it's that. Not a, it's, not, it's not a penalize. It's not a penalize. You're penalizing it's just, that. How am I penalizing him? Because you're saying you're not going to give him credit for being a playmaker when he's playing with Obi Toppin, who he's had all his chemistry with last season. I'm not going to penalize him because he's comfortable with a certain player who's clearly better than every other player on the Summer League roster. I'm not And I'm it's not, not like I'm he's not. only giving it to him. He's, he's passing it to other players on the team as well. He's making them look good. I'm not saying that I'm not giving him credit as a playmaker. I'm just saying that him, when when you have eight assists and six of your assists are to Obi Toppin, who's knocking down his threes, which he was doing all of last year, and we know that he's one of the most athletic. He was in the dunk contest last year. so And some of them are coming off of lobs. Okay, how much are you really a playmaker when you have an advantage that nobody else on the court has? Right? Now, if I look at all of the times that you're missing other guys on your team, which this Lakers game does more for your argument. This is why I'm saying, like, we're not really arguing. This Lakers game, everything that I had to complain about in those first two games quickly got rid of in this in this Lakers game. He did, honestly. He made pass he made passes that he didn't make in the first two games. He was, he was finding guys. He he seemed a lot more comfortable in this game. Yeah. He seemed a lot more comfortable in the playmaker role. Am I going to go out, come out the gate and be like, okay, he's a point guard? No, I'm not going to say that because I still want to see him against non-summer league teams. And I want to see him against defenses who are going to show him more difficult looks than these guys. Like, that's the other thing. He wasn't really getting difficult looks defensively occasionally, and he was still missing guys. When he comes up to play against real teams, how much faith am I going to have with him at the one? I'm not really going to have much faith in him. But this Lakers game showed me that it's not a penalizing. He's never played with before. This is first time saying, playing with certain guys. You, you think, keep saying think penalizing. But hold on, let me ask you a quick question before you because because mm-hmm. you are penalizing him. Because if he if he goes back to the Knicks this season, is playing with guys that he's played with last year. You think? Like I don't understand. He's going to be playing with guys that he's played with last year. That's better than Obi, I'm, so he's going to be even I'm, more of a playmaker during the, during the regular season. You, you keep seeing penalizing, and I'm and and it's me questioning. It's me questioning whether what I'm seeing is real. You 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 seem to be very up on the 
like, oh, what I'm seeing is real train when you have you aren't taking into consideration a lot of things. The comfortability, the the advantage that they have together because they came in as rookies together. They played all year. They both got significant minutes together. They had practiced all year together. They have an advantage on the court in each one of these games. Like that has to be taken into consideration. So, okay, now that I have that filter on, all right, take Obi out of it. How does he look as a playmaker with these other guys that are on the court? Does he look great giving them the ball or is he getting a lot of assists to these other guys? He's never like, that's the thing. Exactly. My point. Exactly. My point. Like he said, I I don't remember if it was the Pacers, Pacers game or this, or this Lakers game. The reason why he didn't score that much in the first half is because he was trying to get the other guys into their offense going. And in both the Pacers game and the Lakers game, the offense was very eh, back and forth. That That's why they were so close in both of those games. Quickly hasn't figured out how to make the game easier for other players on the court, not named Obi Toppin. And that's why I keep saying I'm not sure if he's a point guard. This Lakers game did a lot to make me feel better about it. But what you say penalizing, I call questioning. I have to see it when... All things are equal. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not going to award him. Yeah, he's a point guard now. No, I, I, he's a point guard. Been a point guard to me. A, a point guard, regardless of who's on the court, figures it out in game. And by game three, you know for all right, he's he he's done doing this. He knows that this guy's going to be open. He knows this guy's good for three. He's going to make it. And he's manipulating the defense to make that happen. Quickly manipulates the defense. But he doesn't go into it with a plan from what I can see. It seems like he's reacting. He does a lot of what Alec Burks does when he plays the point. He does, tries to get something going. He notices a, a mismatch or a disadvantage or whatever. He tries to figure out what's going on in real time. Which point guards already know what's going to happen when they try to make the move. And they know, all right, either this is going to happen or this is going to happen. And then they make a move based on what they see on the court immediately. Quickly doesn't have that in his game yet. And that is the difference for me in terms of whether you're really a point guard and whether you're just a scoring guard who can play make. That's to me the difference. But anyway, let me get into this Lakers game. Like Mm -hmm. I said, he started off, started off amazing with Obi. They were throwing alley-oops. He was getting them shot from three. They were doing some (laughs) showtime stuff Mm -hmm. on the Lakers. And then at the end of the game, Miles McBride, oh boy, did he come out and show like 20 points in the second half, six for six from three. And some of them shots that he made, he had the defender on him. It's not like he had wide open shots. Yeah. Deuce was like, okay, Drop defender's right on. there. Still going to shoot it. It still went in. He did this like two or three times at the end of the game. So what was, even though, IQ and OB started off great. The offense kind of slowed down. So now it's a back and forth game in the second half. In the fourth quarter, Deuce just demolished all of that. They had no they had no answer for Deuce. Deuce Finished with 20, 22 points, five assists, and seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. Deuce dropped the deuce. <laughs> with the deuce deuce mm-hmm. 22 points. 22 points. Quick had 25, another seven assist game. 
Obi had 17 points, but he, he was struggling in the first half. He was he had five turnovers in the first half alone. Had 11 rebounds. Yeah. yeah. He's it, been uh, solid scoring each game. Yes. Yep. Even though he's uh, not the, the he, most efficient. He's, he's, he's the most consistent. He's the most consistent on the team. Like, Quick had a slow start to the first game. He only had 15 points. He had a breakout game in game two, 31. This game, 25. And then Obi is just the only one that's been solid throughout. Like, in the, in the moments where we can't score, it seems like he's going to be the go-to guy. He's going to set the tone in the beginning, and he's going to keep it steady throughout the game. He had a few turnovers that messed with the momentum a little bit, but Quick and Deuce took over. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, uh, Obi's turnovers were frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get more in the playmaking too, which I'm not mad at. I'd rather see him make them turnovers so he could get better from it and learn what to do next time, rather than not even try to attempt them passes at all. I don't know if I don't know if I would say that he was trying to get more in the playmaking because I feel like he was always he always had a little bit of that game in him. Yeah. That's why I want him to see him explore it. But he, it's just something was off. Like he, he was, he's usually been a good passer. And a lot of those turnovers were just bad passes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, it, it, it was one game. So Some I of them were close to being really phenomenal passes though. Like right. he did a bounce pass in traffic to someone who was cut into the rim. Got picked off, but if he would have made that pass, that'd have been a nice little, uh, nice little assist. I don't think I mentioned uh, Rokis Jakobitis. He's sneaky, been like, my matter of fact, guy, I follow you. Well, Rokis, Rokis had a, a coming out party in the Lakers game where he looked a lot. He didn't look great in that Pacers game. He looked like he was a little unsure, a little mm-hmm. uncertain. This Lakers game, he came out, he dropped, he knocked down a couple of open threes. He finished with eight points for the night. He looked a lot more comfortable. He looked a lot more steady on defense. Steady on defense. I think he forced a turnover or two. He had a couple good passes. I, Him and Deuce seem to have a connection too. Yeah. On the court yeah. already. Yep. And on the court. So I, I, I like, I liked what I saw from Rokis. And I think that when he, comes back to this team next year because he's he's obviously going to play overseas for for the season. Mm-hmm. Unless we offer him a contract, trade somebody about it. I don't think that's <laughs> happening. There's too many guards already. Yeah, it is. So I don't think I, I – yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. But I will be excited to see him come in next year and see what, what he's learned, how his game has grown, see if he can fight for some minutes – at the point guard or shooting guard spot. He was another one of them that just looked like an NBA player. Like, when he's open in the corner, I don't expect it to be a miss. And that's just off of him playing 11 minutes that game. And then I'm just like, I'm, I'm seeing how he's moving on the court, how he's always in the right spot on both sides, on defense and on offense. Mm-hmm. And his shot just looks so pure and buttery. Quentin Grimes shot. Looks really nice too. It's just not going in. He struggled this game a lot, but 
Yeah, Rokas has been like one of my favorite players to watch so far, and even in the limited minutes, I, I feel like he deserves some more burn. Yep. And we haven't mentioned Luca Vildoza since we started talking about summer league. There's a reason for that. But he's he hasn't really shot well. And in this game, he only got four minutes because I do believe he's been playing hurt. I don't expect to see him. I don't know. I'm not sure when's the next time I expect to see Luca Goldoza. He might play today. Later tonight. Eh. He might. But I, I'm just wondering what they're going to do contractually, I mean. Well, but anyway. So, Luca, and, and you just. Night. Yeah. Well. Before before we get into that, I keep interrupting. You also mentioned you keep mentioning you just mentioned Quentin Grimes. Also, you he's another guy that we haven't mentioned because he hasn't had a good game up until the next game, Pistons, which happened last yesterday, night. Friday, August thirteenth. Yeah, that last night was the was his coming out party. It seemed like every game was someone's coming out party. The first game was who would you say the first game? Well, nobody because we lost that game by double digits. Obi but, and Jericho. Jericho Simmons coming out party. Then the Pacers, there was Quickly's coming out party, even though he's been in the NBA and he's been doing that. Mm-hmm. OB was was balling that game. Lakers was Deuce McBride's coming out party where he dropped six for six from three. Just signature yeah, moments throughout the summer league have, have been happening. Quick Deuce. Dropped a quick Deuce in that mm-hmm. game. And then this game with the Pistons, right? Yep. It was looking so, spooky I, I, from jump. It was looking nasty in the beginning. Yeah, it, it. <laughs> playing against the number one overall pick in Cade Cunningham and another draft pick of theirs, Luca Garza. It just, look, it just looked like they wasted all their magic in that Lakers game because they did not. That that you go from the Lakers game to this Pistons game was like was night and watch. day, night and day. They looked nothing like they looked like a completely different team. In the they first quarter. In the first quarter, they only scored two points for, for, for like the first five, six, seven, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I was. Meanwhile, the Pistons are scoring. Kane is scoring. Killian is doing what he's doing. Yeah. I watched the first quarter and I was like, yeah. I don't expect this to. <laughs> I don't expect this terrible. to really change. Yeah, quickly it was looking bad, bad. He wasn't making none of his shots. Deuce wasn't making any shots. And the only person that seemed that they can score any moment they got the ball was Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. Obi was Dropped. getting the ball, making some mm-hmm. nice reads, making threes, catching alleys, just mm-hmm. doing anything to keep the team up, get the lead yeah. back. And then Rokas came into the game. I felt the energy shift when he was bringing the ball up and making plays. He didn't do nothing insane, nothing crazy, but he had an impact, I felt like. We had no He only played nine minutes. Yeah. He only played nine minutes, which is I thought was odd. Yeah. Lucaville, those that didn't play at all. Jericho Sims was resting. And Kate Cunningham just didn't miss. He was knocking down three after three, but in the paint, everything was on smash. He wasn't making nothing in the paint, the mid-range. We we regarded him pretty well. It was only him giving up the ball and catching and shooting is where he was the most efficient throughout the night. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Quentin Grimes, his coming out party was this game. He was knocking down threes in very, very important parts of the game. 
And even though Quickly wasn't scoring, I still saw him doing a lot of good things still on the court. Defensively, getting guys open where he would just be there was this one play that stood out to me. Even though it didn't result in a make, it stood out to me a lot because I'm thinking quickly is holding the ball a little bit too long. Deuce and Reed Travis are on the right side of the court. In the corner, quickly has brought the ball up in the middle of the court, and he's communicating with them to bring the screen. But Deuce is, like, confused if he's talking to him or Travis. Deuce goes to the corner. Reed comes to set the screen. Rokas, I believe, is on the next side of the wing, on the left side of the court, next to Quickly on the behind the three, and Obi's in the corner. They run a pick and roll. It looks like the, the shot clock is going down to five, four, and then Quickly shoots to the paint and makes a dime to Obi in the corner, wide open. But he didn't make it. And I'm just like, damn. As soon as I start to doubt him on the playmaking a little bit, he just showed me stuff like that that just makes me believe believe that he can just be the point guard on this team. When in them situations where Kemba's hurt, Rose is resting or something like that, and you need someone to start, I have complete faith that quickly can start. Even in the games where he's shooting 0 for 10, 0 for 5 from 3, I still got confidence in him because he just he doesn't waver, I don't feel. And in the important parts of this game, when you needed a shot, he was able to come through. He knocked down a big three at the end, got some clutch steals. OB was doing his thing, catching lobs in clutch moments. Deuce, even though he wasn't scoring, he was still steady on the defensive end. And that, it, it was it was an exciting game, even though we still lost. Yeah, especially at the end when it looked like the Pistons were trying to choke away the game. Yeah. I really enjoyed, yeah, maybe not the first half, but I really enjoyed this game towards the end. I thought the Knicks might have had a chance to do something, but. No, you're thinking in the third end, quarter, I think. Because the second, in the first half, we came back. We almost, we tied the game up, and then it was within five at, at halftime. And then the third quarter, they went back up 20. Yeah, I I didn't have faith in that first half. <laughs> like they were showing. Like, once points. once it once it got to the third quarter, I was like yeah, I don't know if I feel like watching the rest. And then they and then, went on like a, <laughs> a, a eleven point run or something yep. like that. Eleven no run. Like, this is just awfully familiar. <laughs> Came so, back but, with three points. Yeah, and we just lost it after that. We put all our effort, all our energy into the comeback, and we have enough when it was time to win the game. So we've watched four games, which was supposed to be all we were gonna watch, but now we got five. Yeah, uh, but through the four games, against the through the four, yeah, yeah, through the four games that we've watched so far, what are your impressions of the youth? Oh, no. I was thinking the Summer League is not going to be nothing crazy this year. We're just going to see OB and IQ show out. Might see a good moment from Deuce, but oh no. The way I see Tibbs coming to the court talking to the players, like OB and IQ telling them they got to be leaders after that first game where they lost by double digits, be the mentors, be the vets on this team. You played a whole year on the on, on an NBA court under an NBA system. You know what to expect. And now you bring in these young guys, like, it seems like, seems, you hear me? It seems like 
the Knicks are like trying to mold these guys that we just brought in. McBride, Grimes, Sims, or even Rokas. It seems like they're trying to mold them. Well, not maybe not Rokas because he's not playing a lot of minutes, but it seems like they're trying to mold them into being our bench. It yeah. seems like Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday comparison with Deuce is not too far-fetched. All this is going to take us some time for them to get some experience, and they're not going to get that experience this year, so that's why we got Burks, Noel, and all these other guys signed to these multi-year contracts. I feel like it's until these young guys are ready. Once Jericho Sims is in the NBA and he's playing a lot and he's getting his rhythm, he, he looks like he's ready to be an NBA center, we might not see Noel or Mitch again. That's my prediction. I feel like if we see Deuce come in and just provide a spark, Kemba might be gone because if his knees ain't holding up, he's not staying healthy and we got Deuce here putting on like he could be a starter. You might have IQ be a starter and have Deuce coming off the bench to provide that spark that IQ brought this year. You know what I'm saying? Quentin Grimes. Molding him to be Alec Burks. You can get Alec Burks for much cheaper. You go, you got Alec Burks there to mentor Quentin Grimes. You got him to have defense too. Because Quentin Grimes is an elite defender. Deuce is an elite defender. Jericho is nice. He's solid as a big man. I ain't gonna call him elite or anything, but he's solid. And if you just have Nerlens Noel teaching him how to get these blocks like how he got last year, teaching him how to use verticality, how to take charges in the paint. How to set solid because Jericho is a beast at screening. He's a beast yes. at screens. Like he be mm-hmm. dropping dudes. He he go up, boom, you see a dude on the ground, wide open shot. Wide open lob. So that's why I feel like we really lost that Detroit game. We could have still won that, but Jericho sitting out that game, you felt it. But yeah, yeah these young guys they, they showed me a lot in just four games. Hopefully after this game tonight, they, it's not looking like, damn, I should have never said all that. Gave him too much praise. You might be giving him a little bit too much praise, but. You have faith in him. Out of, out of our newest pickups, I only see McBride and Sims getting burned. This season you're talking about, or in general? This season. This season. It's too early to, to say, I feel like. We didn't even get to preseason. Well, we already have our starting lineup and our bench rotation set. Fair to say? So. I don't think that's fair to say. Okay. I, I see we have a lot of good guys on the roster who could play. But right. if we, we don't to- know how Kemba's knees are and if we don't know. Yeah, of course we don't know that. That's what I'm but, saying. But we. Even an if- injury, we should say. We know who the top 10 guys are going to be playing. All right, let's say let's say Kemba's knees are fine. Kemba Rose, those are point guards, right? Mm-hmm. Fournier. We'll say Fournier, IQ, mm-hmm. those are twos. RJ, RJ, Alec Burks, that's uh-huh. our three. Randall, Obi, that's our four. Mitch Noel, Mitch Noel, or if Mitch is hurt, Noel and Taj. That's our five. Mm-hmm. Then you got three, right? If Mitch is healthy, Taj has that has one of those three. If Taj is the same 
as last right. year. He's old, so we it's not guaranteed that he's gonna be doing the same thing he was doing last well, you year. You can why? Uh, okay, what you got against Taj Gibson? You've been slandering this man I, since I'm the not, playoffs. I'm not trying like, to you're not expecting. You've been saying he's old. Year. He's gonna get hurt. This, this, and that. I don't know if I want to bring him back over Nerland. I'm like, being realistic. We can't. We're not gonna ignore the fact that he's one of the oldest centers in the NBA. Okay, but we also need to not ignore the fact that. But despite that, he's probably been our healthiest center throughout throughout the last couple of seasons. But I'm not saying he's going to get injured. I'm just saying there's going to be a drop in production after a while. Maybe. Most of his production is based off of skill. It's not even based off of... Like, it, it's repeatable. You know what I mean? He's We're not asking him to run around the perimeter guarding guys. Like, he's yes, just doing are. stuff do based mean? on... We are asking him Ta- to do that. Taj, we're asking to do that? If you've got to switch on the pick and roll, you got to be able to stop the ball. And we always yeah, ask him but- to do that. We asked him to do that last season with Noel, too. Noel was, uh, remember, he-, he was getting them steals at the top of the key. You got to be able to be quick on your feet. If you if you old and slow, you're not going to be able to keep up with guys. Taj was never keeping up with guys on the perimeter. Anything that he did, he did defensively based on his IQ which is what I'm trying to say. It's not based on what his physical ability is. It's based on the decisions that he makes on the court and decisions that he makes on the court as a veteran. I, I, I can't expect too big of a drop off because it didn't require him to, he, he's always in shape. He, he always makes the right moves. And that's basically all he has to do. We, we're not asking him to dunk on dudes or, or get blocks. That's not his game. We asked him to do the same thing he did last year. He's not going to drop off. Now, I'm assuming you're talking about Sims. Mm-hmm. If there's a better option on the court, then you might go that route. Well, I think I think Sims is going to get on the court because either Mitch or Noel is probably going to get hurt at some point this season, keeping it a buck. God forbid. I hope not. I, I, I honestly hope that that's not the case. But prior history tells me, we're prepared in any type of scenario, though. That Sims will get some minutes this year. We're short up at every position. And if we say Mitch is healthy, Nerlens is healthy, Taj is taking up one of those three guys, those three spots, which just leaves two spots. Which <laughs> we got rookies. <laughs> you got so out of Deuce, Sims, Grimes. And if you want to throw Luca in there, that's four guys. Luca might be gone. I'm not gonna lie. And that's what I was hitting at earlier. Luca might be gone. We can find a spot for him, but I don't know how that's gonna go. We made that may be all we've seen of Luca Vildoza with his un, non-guaranteed contract. But so far, he's still on the roster. You got four guys. Out of those four guys. Who are you choosing? To get cut? No. Who are you choosing for those two spots? Because you can't play You can't. You don't have the option to play 15 guys in a game. You only have the option to play 13. You have to have two inactive. Depends on the scenario. I'm comfortable playing any one of them. Any two of them, I should say. Okay. But they're all guards. Unless you want to consider... Grimes, a small forward. Grimes is a wing to me. 
He could play the right. two or the three. So Grimes right. already has a guaranteed spot to play. I feel like in 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 the event of Burks going down, if anybody goes down, he he has a, a a spot to play, except for like the four and the five. I don't feel like that's true. But go ahead. Well, my first option would definitely be Deuce, and my second option would be Sims. If Kevin Knox is on, uh, which who I I didn't mention him, Forgot he's all about he's him, yo. he's he's still on this roster too. I didn't mention him. This- I didn't mention him either. But I I didn't mention him because I don't think that he has a shot over Grimes, Miles McBride. I don't think he has a shot over Jericho Sims, but I think he might have a shot over Grimes. Really? Mm-hmm. It's possible, yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. And if he's not playing up the part, Knox is probably more... He He's... <laughs> In four games, Grimes has only had one good game. And we know how Tibbs is. Knox is probably would probably have a better setup to be successful than Grimes would, yeah. He knows what to so, expect. He knows what to bring. Yep. So that's why I would say I don't think that that's necessarily true that Grimes is set. Uh, yeah. I would say that he's fighting for minutes with with Deuce. He's fighting for minutes with Luca. He's fighting for minutes. Who's the other guy that, I, that, that's, that would be in that third string? Who'd you say already? Deuce, Luca. Deuce, Sims, Luca. I forgot Rokas. who else. No, Rokas ain't playing. Rokas is going to be overseas. He's not in this. That's the only guys we drafted. Well, Knox is in there. Taj is in there. That's our five. That's our third string. Mm-hmm. So three of those guys ain't playing, two of them all. If everybody is healthy on this team, Taj is definitely that 11th man. Mm -hmm. And then you have to choose between Deuce, Grimes, Luca, Kev. Choosing Deuce. Deuce off rip. And then I think Kevin Knox would have a chance over Grimes. You know why. And I I think I could even say Luca would have a chance over Grimes. You want to know why I disagree with Kevin Knox, even with all the experience and with knowing what to expect and what to bring? Kevin Knox doesn't defend like Grimes does. He doesn't. I agree with you. And that's what Tip's priority is. So even if he's a rookie... I disagree with that. What? That I disagree disagree that that is... Defense over shooting? Tibbs, Tibbs does value defense. Over shooting. He started Alfred Payton Tibbs, for 82 Tibbs, games. I don't think he started Alfred Payton for 82 games because he thought Alfred Payton's defense was so great. Anything that you saw on the saying. court, of course, that's what he said. Of course. What else is he going to say? There's nothing to, there's nothing, like, Tibbs is watching the games the same way we do. It's not like he's watching the game from the court and never watches it again. He goes back and he watches it. He looks at statistics. What he tells us and what is actually going on in his head is not always going to be the same thing. I don't think he's always going to be 100% honest with us. I think he knows that Alfred Payton was not a good defender. I don't think he, I don't think, I think if, if 
we're going to say that he values defense over shooting. Frank Nilakina would have played a lot more minutes last year. And we know he valued Frank's defense because he brought him in at the end of games or at the end of quarters or with 10 seconds left in the game for his defense. So he doesn't value defense over shooting. And Frank shot better than Alfred Payton, too. And he defended better than Alfred Payton. So we definitely can't say that. It's about how much you know as a veteran in the NBA that he values. That's why Alfred Payton got minutes. And that's why I think Knox is going to get minutes over Grimes because unless Grimes does something extremely well to which at this point he hasn't shown that he does something extremely well. He plays good defense, yeah. But even his defense, he does have a little hole, a few holes in his game defensively. We ain't going to talk about it, but they're off the ball, there are some question marks. I don't think his defense is good enough to think that he's going to get significant minutes over Kevin Knox. We'll see. Or maybe Kevin Knox is traded. But as currently constructed, I don't see Quentin Grimes getting minutes outside of a bunch of guys getting hurt. Whereas I think Deuce has shown enough in his game that, yeah, if we need, if w- one of those guys gets hurt or whatever, he's going to play. Shit, he might even play even if they don't get hurt. Got a question for you. What's up? Tonight's game against Cleveland, mm-hmm. out of the young guys, not including o- IQ and OB, who are you betting on to have their coming out party tonight? Deuce. Again? Yep. Well, who else is there? You think Grimes is going to have a coming out party? I think Grimes is going to have his night tonight. <laughs> Grimes hasn't shown me anything outside of the ability to get open at the three-point line and hit the shot. Like, I know he's capable of more. He's shown that he's capable of more. He's I'm not scared on the fast break that he's going to dribble the ball off his foot. Or <laughs> I'm not afraid that he's not going to be able to dribble more than twice. Like, I like him if he can hit. At a decent clip from three, I like him better than Reggie Bullock at times, offensively. But he's not the defender that Reggie Bullock is yet. And I don't, he doesn't have the know-how yet for me to be comfortable saying like, yeah, I think he's going to have a coming out party. Completely disagree. I feel like even though he hasn't been making his shots, he still looks like he belongs in the court. I don't think he. He's I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't right belong. Plays. He still does the right things on defense. He does have a yeah, few question yeah. marks. He does miss a few open shots. He does miss shots that he probably should be making. But I felt like that was just a result of him not getting his feet wet. He got his feet wet and he had his best game of the summer league last game last night. Yeah, his Tonight, best game of the, he, of the I summer felt like league. But he knows what to expect. He knows what's going to be. He knows who he's playing against, and I feel like he's going to try and make up for last night's loss. And he's going to come out tonight. Keeping it a buck, we've seen four games, and even in the game that he played well, he didn't wow anybody. Yeah, but in the first game, did Deuce wow anybody? No. He did the right. He he had a good game, right? In four games, in four games, he's shown enough to be like, okay, I like, uh, yeah, okay. I think that this guy's good enough to play good minutes. To so play, has, play big so minutes on the on the big on the. I don't think that that's. I think it's two different. The only difference between Deuce and Grimes is that Deuce 
Dudes can kill you multiple ways. He's a better defender, and he he had a game where he six straight threes. And he's a better offensive player, too. Outside of that one game, how has he shown that he's a better offensive player? He's shown that he's not just relying on shooting the three. He can get inside of the paint and shoot the mid-range, and he can sh- he he's shown that he's very adept at finishing on the fast break. He's only made one mid-range shot the whole summer league. Uh, he's made more than one mid-range shot. In that <laughs> you know, first he game, he made six threes. He had the first game where he made the one listen, mid-range shot, listen, and he made a listen. few uh, layups and threes. Yeah, I, I don't know if I me, remember. And Grimes, did, Grimes showed last game that he's scoring outside of just a three as well, as well as keeping up on defense. He he made Cade uncomfortable, I felt like, in the first half. He just wasn't able to stop him from hitting them threes. I felt like every game Grimes has shown that he can, he knows the right plays and he knows that he just has to get comfortable on the court with the guys that he's playing with. He has to get comfortable within the system. He's used to being a number one option. At Houston, he was the top guy. Now he's the fourth, fifth guy. It's an adjustment period, just like Obi had to adjust last year. But once he adjusts and he finds out what he's supposed to be doing and he understands what to expect, he's going to come out and have himself a game. And that's what I'm expecting tonight. You're going to make me look this up. Let's look it up. Because he Deuce missed a lot of mid-ranges yesterday and a lot of threes yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a bad And I'm not saying that I'm yesterday. giving up on Deuce. I'm just saying, like, you got to be consistent. If, if we're going to talk about Grimes one way, we can't praise Deuce at, even after, like, they both had similar... What's the word I'm thinking of? Similar... Uh, Similar summer leagues. Let's just put it that way. Nah, I I wouldn't say that. I I would say Miles had multiple games where I thought he looked good, whereas Quentin didn't. I I the yesterday is the only game that I could say that I. It's not true. The, Grimes the first showed game, me something each game, even though he was really bad in some instances, he showed me something each game. Defensively, playmaking wise, absolutely. But we're talking about. Things. We're, we're talking about offensively. Uh, my statement was, Miles McBride has shown that he is a better offensive player. You, you disagree. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, against, who would they play in this game? The Pacers. Miles McBride went two for three from three mm-hmm. for 66% from the three-point line. And five for seven overall. Mm-hmm. You said the Pacers, right? Against the Pacers. Fortunately, I can't look up what amount of mid-range shots he 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 did. Let me see. Actually, no, I can go to the play-by-play. I'm pretty sure. Mick Bride. Oh no, that's gonna take too long. Yeah, that's gonna take too long. But I know he's made more than one mid-range jumper because I've seen him do it. He he his mid-range looks better than. Emmanuel Quickly's at this point, to me. Yeah, he had a he had a 19 foot pull up jump shot in this game. That was not a three. So unless that's the only mid range jump shot that he made <laughs> in the whole, which I don't think that that was the game that you were referring to when you said he made one. Like. I don't remember the Toronto games. He he might have made one in Toronto. He, so. Yeah, he did. If he that's did. Because the that's the first. Two. That's, 
But that when he, I think that's the game where I was like, oh, he's got a little bit of a mid range. He did. He made his first shot. His first shot was a a pull up jump shot in from twenty in Toronto. Okay, so for yeah, for, for two for two points. So, and I'm gonna look up his stats too for that for that Toronto game, but he played well offensively in that Toronto game too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he got to the line a bunch. He had some layups. He had he had two mid range jump shots in that Toronto game. He, he had a four he had a from the field, 0 for four from three. He had a fourteen foot jump shot from mid range too. So I think it's that this Toronto game that showed me like, okay, he's not he he can pull up jump shoot from the mid range. He showed his he showed a propensity for that in that very first game. Mm-hmm. He showed his ability to shoot from three. He showed his ability to play make a little bit. Did he showed his a yep. No, not Gr- not Grimes. Grimes had the same amount of points he had. He hit three threes in the first game. Had four rebounds, two assists. McBride had five rebounds, they, two assists, nine points. They had damn near the same game. No, they did not have damn near the same game. They did not. I'm talking about statistically. Well, statistically, yeah. Like, they both had nine, just that, five It's just that Miles missed all his threes in that first game. And and Quentin made hit three, went three for eight. Yeah, he right. Made, that was that's the, the he made was from three. But that doesn't mean that they were the same offensively. No, like, I'm not saying. I'm talking about straight straight up statistically. That's all I'm talking about. Okay, if you look statistically, at the sheet, they had the same game. Statistically, Miles McBride shot better. Thirty he went thirty eight percent from the field, whereas Quentin Grimes went twenty seven percent from the field. Don't do that. Quentin Grimes I'm went told, three I'm, for eleven. Miles McBride went three for eight. Statistically, well, not my the same original game. point was they had. If the Miles McBride put up eleven shots, he would have had more points. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying from the jump, my entire point was they had a very similar summer league. In the first game, he shot better from three. Right, Grimes did. So mm-hmm. we're not going to ignore the times that Deuce had a bad game and highlight the times that Grimes did, too. Grimes had a bad game every game up until this last one. It's not true. In my opinion. In my opinion. Offensive. Now, tell me offensively, yes. Offensively, right. offensively is what we're talking about. Did we're Deuce saying have that, a good game every game? Listen, the argument <laughs> is, right? The argument is Miles McBride is a better defender. We're not arguing that, right? Right. So, we're so, we're not, so the defense is already off the table. Uh-huh. Now... I now you said offensively it's equal. I know it's not often equally offensive because I've seen I Miles McBride has been the better offensive player also and has shown an ability to do more things on offense than Quentin Grimes. Why are we arguing? Because <laughs> it's that like you're talking about statistically like they scored the same amount. Okay, but that's not okay. I said outside of the one twenty two game point performance, right? Mm-hmm. Where can you point to that says that he's been so much better than Quentin Grimes offensively? And I said he's shown an ability to do more than shoot from three. So has Grimes. Okay, how? <laughs> he does, didn't does score Grimes, all his points from does, summer league from three. Does, Gri- does Grimes? He I, scored I in the paint multiple times. He scored yeah, he mid did. range and he scored threes. He's able to play make as how well. How many times did he shoot from mid range? I don't remember him shooting from mid-range right, like that. So we'll revisit this after the next game <laughs> where our memories are fresh. Because I'm not going to go back and remember, oh, in the second quarter of Pistons. Like, I'm not going to remember all that. 
All I'm like, saying remember- is that Grimes and him have not had completely different summer leagues because of the fact that what's his name now? Damn. McBride. He had a few games where he wasn't the best shooter. He hasn't scored the greatest and we just ignore that completely. Here he's been showing up on defense, but Grimes has been showing up on defense as well. He just hasn't been as good as a defender as McBride has shown. So if I'm going to count on anybody that have a coming out party tonight, it would be Grimes. He found his rhythm last game. So now he's comfortable. He's in his rhythm. There's no excuse for this game. If he has a bad game, cool. I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. I'm just providing to you the evidence of everything that's happened so far. I'm just I'm trying to not ignore Deuce's bad games offensively and highlight Grimes. Miles McBride is averaging 12.3 points per game. He's making 4.3 field goals and averaging 9.5 attempts mm-hmm. for a 44% field goal percentage, and he's averaging 40% from three. Right? Mainly I'll due give, to that six and I'll, from three. I'll even add the rebounds and assists because rebounds should make it even. Mm-hmm. He's got four boards. He's got three assists. All right, you can remember all that? Because mm-hmm. this is sorted by points, and Quentin Grimes is not on this page. So we're going to go to Grimes. He's on the third point. All right. So 9.5 points, 3.5 field goals made out of 10 field goal attempts for 35%. That's a huge difference for field goal. He's averaging 35.7%. From three. What did I say that Miles was averaging from three? Oh, you really wanted me to remember? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Should have wrote it 40, down. 40% from three. So, once again, is Grimes shooting horribly? No, he's not shooting horribly from three. But Miles is, shown, is shooting better overall and from three than Quentin Grimes. In less minutes. You see what I'm saying? So the boards is the only thing that would have made it even. Quentin Grimes is averaging six and a half boards a game and 2.8 assists. So as far as boards and, and assists go, they're pretty close together, right? But offensively, outside of that, it's all it's all it's all deuce. Yeah, it's, it's all deuce through three to four games. Once the whole summer league is over, and once we play this game tonight, I'm thinking it's going to be a little more close. That's why it's a prediction. We already said that Miles is averaging less minutes, which I I, I was just taking your. <laughs> let me see how many minutes is is Quentin? Th- yep, thirty three minutes. So Grimes, Grimes is in in less minutes, is scoring less points. Shooting a worse percentage. You mean in more minutes? Excuse me. In more minutes, he's aver- he's averaging less points. More in more minutes, he's averaging more points. He's shooting worse, and he's taking more attempts. How we say? How can you make the argument that they're the same player offensively? I never said that. I said or that, how, or that it's close. Too much different. It's not. It's all right. I guess this he's is what been makes sh- it a prediction. Mm-hmm. We'll see after this game. Okay. 
<laughs> if Miles McBride has a good game and Quentin Grimes has a good game, it's going to be the same. You, you, you would, it requires one to two games of Quentin Grimes playing better than Miles McBride for it to be even. That's what it's going to take for it, for the, for it to even up. And is, do you see that happening? I, I cause I don't. Like so far fetched. And I'm not counting, I'm not counting on, uh, he's McBride already getting a bad game. I'm just saying that. He's Grimes had bad is, games that we Grimes is it's already not having be so far out of the imagination for him out of another one. Grimes is already having already has the advantage in terms of minutes and field goal attempts, and he can't do nothing with it. So why would another game or two make a difference? Because things change game to game. You get more experience. You get better through time. That's what happens in the NBA. All Quentin Grimes can show me right now at this point in these next two games is that. He's figured it out, and he has a shot to get minutes. Otherwise, I, I, I'm, I'm trusting Deuce all day. From what, even with his bad games, I trust Deuce more than yeah, Quentin Grimes. But you're not taking but, into account that Deuce is playing off the bench against guys who are coming off the bench. Quentin Grimes is playing against starters. No, everybody, everybody that Quentin Grimes is playing against, Deuce is playing against too. Like Deuce is not the true. first guy. Deuce is the first guy off of the bench. It's not like it's a swap. A, a swap of rosters, whatever. Like, it's, that's not how it is. Deuce is coming off of the bench fairly quickly, and he's getting a decent amount of minutes on the court. He's getting 20, 27 minutes out of 40. He's not playing, doing this against bums. He's doing this, he's usually finishing games. So, I, I don't think that's a fair argument that you're making. I understand why you're making it, and I do think that part of it is because. Deuce is getting off against some good, some bums and stuff like that. But Grimes ain't getting off against nobody. <laughs> he'll he'll be wide open and bricking his shots. Um, I I don't see what you see, bro. But anyway, that's why we keep watching. We'll keep watching and we'll talk about it next week. In other news, okay. Did we make our <laughs> predictions? We made our predictions for today's game. Well, my prediction was just that Quentin Grimes is going to have his coming out party, but who's on Cleveland other than Evan Mobley? That's why I was, I was just getting ready to look to see who is on Cleveland. I'm going to tell they, you I think, right I'm pretty sure they have somebody else. Evan they Mobley and a bunch of other guys that we've never heard of except for Isaac Okoro. Oh, uh, yeah. Cabin Gelly, Vaudrin. Is that Lamar Stevens? And you, we, nobody knows them. And <laughs> I'm looking Cavs at the rookies. One and two right now. Yeah, I only recognize Evan Mobley and Okoro. Yeah, they're one and two. So I feel like we should end this off three and two. Get this one tonight. <laughs> I mean, I thought that we were going to be three and one with the winless Pistons, and that didn't happen. So it's Cade Cunningham at the end of the day. It wasn't all Cade. It was us. <laughs> it was us not hitting our shots. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, but I'm also going to predict that we're going to have a victory and a Miles McBride showing out party. We'll revisit right. that next week as well. So, other news. Other news. Kemba Walker clears waivers and has officially been acquired by the New York Knicks. Took a $20 million pay cut from OKC in his buyout, came to New York, and that's two high-profile players who took less money to play for the Knicks, including 
Kemba Walker and Julius Randle. That news broke on Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And how'd you feel? Like, I read that. I was like, he gave up 20 mil. That's 10 mil for this season and 10 mil for next season. That, that, that's how that played out. I don't think like he's too much of a cut, though. Cause he, yeah, he, he got 18 mil from us and they're fully guaranteed two years. So he's yes, really but just I think lost that on two mil. I think. I I think that the way that waivers works when when you when one team waves and buys out the team whatever they make on their next contract and next week I'll I'll verify that for you guys but I think that whatever it is that they owe him from the buyout whatever whatever he signed for this season that's going to go to whatever OKC was supposed to pay so basically, we're taking over nine mil out of whatever it is that they have to pay him for this for for this season and next. I think that's the way that that works. It's not a, he's not going to get an additional contract. You, are you looking it up? You look like you're looking it up. <laughs> no, I'm I don't think I, I don't think it's I don't think it's money on top of what he's getting from OKC. I think that. Because of this contract that he's getting from the Knicks, they're going to split the payment from OKC. That's how I think that that's going to work. So he is still he is still taking a twenty million dollar pay pay cut. If that's true, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Because I remember with former wave, you know buyouts and things like that contractually that's how that works the the team who waves and buys out does only has to pay that full amount if the player doesn't get signed by another team you know how we know that's not true though when we bought out joe kim no but he's still been on our cap he is not he was not signed to another team and he was stretch waved no he was signed to it he went to the grizzlies he was he was stretch waved, and what when you stretch wave somebody, that was not the original terms of his contract. The original terms of his contract, he was supposed to get that money for whatever his last couple seasons were with the Knicks. Because we stretch waved him, we spread that up uh, throughout our cap for the rest of. For for the an additional couple of seasons, which is why stretch waving is like, I would rather just pay them for those for those couple of years or whatever. Yeah, this is weird. I don't know. I'm not finding an answer <laughs> online. Well, like I said, that, I didn't want us to look it up now because I know it's going to take a little bit of research to figure that out. Yeah. But I think that when it's when you're waved the way that, not a stretch wave, when you're waved for the re- remainder of your current contract. If you immediately go to another team, I do believe that team does pay some of that contract. It's still going to be. It's not it's it's confusing, but it's going to be on the cap. But I don't think Kemba is getting additional money. I don't think so. But anyway, well, I will figure it out next time. Who else we signed? Also in news, the Knicks signed Dwayne Bacon. Which all of a sudden I'm hungry. 
I don't know much about Dwayne Bacon other than I hear that he's friends with. Is he friends with Kemba? Is he friends with, with, with? I don't remember who he's friends with, but he's he's cool with somebody that's already on the team. He's friends with somebody that's on the team. It's Kemba. Yeah. I think he's cool with Knox too. I saw videos of them working out together mad years ago when we drafted Kevin Knox. Yeah. He, I know that he played for the Magic. Mm-hmm. He had a, a good. He had a good year somewhere, and then he kind of got hurt and fell off, and then he saw a resurgence with the Magic. Outside of that, he's a guard. He can defend. I don't expect him to. I don't. I don't expect him to get significant minutes. But I. He's the third string small forward. Who knows? Forward. Right. If we who, keep who, him, he could be a training camp or a roster pickup. It could be. Uh, I. I. I don't really have much to say about him. He's 6'6", shoots righty. His position is shooting guard. He'll probably play three, play the three on this team because mm-hmm. we're pretty small outside of Obi, Julius, Noel, and Mitch. Mitch. And lastly, sadly, sad news. Frank Hive looks like it's over, y'all. We lost him. We lost the French Prince, Frank the God, Nilakina. <laughs> we gotta talk. It's terrible, yo. Dang, I know, I know. But it's, it's just, some things I gotta get off my chest, all right? <laughs> We gotta say goodbye. It's never the right time to say goodbye. You gotta say goodbye to him. He still could be resigned. And there's been reports that the Knicks would be interested in resigning him if we lost Bullock to free agency, but I'm not yeah. listening to them reports. The reports have been false except for Mark Berman for the most part. For yeah, everything we said that. Related. We said that like three episodes ago. <laughs> Everything was is trending to. We're not. We're not bringing. Yeah, it was Berman. We're not bringing him back. Is how it has looked. Because we could have instead of picking up Dwayne Bacon, we could have brought him back. And yeah, no, not looking good. Yeah, it's not looking too good. It's not looking too good at all. But all right, I'm pretty sure we'll see Frank again. Just on another team, maybe the Spurs, maybe Utah, where Rudy Gobert and some of his other French teammates. Is anyone else on the French team on Utah? I have no clue. Yeah, let me just stop talking. Let me think about what I'm saying before I speak. <laughs> I have no clue about any other French players on other teams. I know we got we had two of them, and now we only have one. Yeah. So that 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 news broke two days ago, three days ago. That where we renounced his rights. And yeah, that's it. He's no longer a Nick officially. I got a Frank Nilakina jersey. What the? F- what am I going to do with that? Well, if we bring him back, you can <laughs> dust it off. Hey, you could still wear it to games and stuff like that. You could still represent Frank Hive. The last time I wore it was when we brought him in at the last second against Trey Young and we lost. And then you said, I'm going to take that off real quick. <laughs> nah, I kept it on. 
Somebody came up to me like, yo, you probably should burn that jersey, yo. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Stop being disrespectful. Disrespectful. All right. You got anything that you want to plug? I'm trying to unplug. <laughs> I left it at unplug. I ain't say nothing bad this week. Very good. You also plug said out. that you were going <laughs> to... You also said that you were going to come up with something better this week, and I predicted, no, you would not. <laughs> so Why are you bringing up uh, shit? <laughs> all right. We're done here. Thank you guys for listening and watching. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting to say that. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Check us out on all streaming platforms. Watch the YouTube. Subscribe. Like. Comment. Etc. Etc. We love y'all. Thank y'all. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.